This is episode 11 with David Postolsky. Welcome to the Capitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you take any idea and making it a reality. Here's the man who did it and now teaches it, Justin Escar. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Capitalize on Your Idea, the podcast. Thanks so much for being here today with me. Uh, today's episode is with David Postalski. Uh, he's a, a lawyer in New York City and New Jersey, and he does patent, copyright, and trademark law. Now, this is really an important episode for a lot of you because I get a lot of questions like, should I patent my product or how do I get myself protected so that way no one can steal my idea? And that's what patents and copyright and trademark does. Now, there are very specific differences between them, and David and I get into that. And then the conversation takes its takes its way. Now, the thing with patenting, and you'll hear me say this, is like you really need to figure out what your product is and, and how long it's going to last. And David actually agrees with that, and you'll hear how his thought process is when clients come see him. I think it's a really great episode. I think it's a really great interview. I think you guys are going to learn a lot. Um, David's a real fun guy to talk to, and and uh, you'll hear that you know we had a little bit of banter, which was really nice, and uh, and and just. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the interview with David Posalski. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's having a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, today, I'm here with David Postolsky. Uh He's attorney at law at Day Pitney LLP. David, how are you today? I'm great, Justin. Thank you. Great. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks. So, uh, for those at home, David and I met at a meetup called the uh, the Inventors Association of Manhattan. Um, some of you will recognize that because Bruce Zutler, uh, the president or meetup leader, was um, in our book, in the book, Appalize on Your Idea, bringing, uh, Appalize, and uh, uh, talks about people bringing these ideas to fruition, and, and, and David is an intellectual properties lawyer. And uh, David, I'm, I want you... Today, we're going to talk a lot today about copyright and trademark and lawsuits and the stuff that people, A, don't know, and B, don't want to be involved with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and we'll share some stories along the way, but let's just jump right into this. Uh, David, what is the need for intellectual property lawyers? Well, I think to really understand why you need an intellectual property attorney, you should understand what intellectual property is. Some people, I think, take it for granted. You know, there's always uh, the, 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 the person who says, well, I want to patent my brand name. And so there's a, sometimes there's a fundamental uh, mis, uh, miscommunication as to what intellectual property means and what the differences are. I'm not going to get into what what each one is, but you should know there's a difference between patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And the reason why they're called intellectual property is because they come from the human intellect. And um, since ideas are not in of themselves protectable, they have to be physically embodied in some type of either invention or brand name or a piece of paper CD, and that's what you want to get protection over. The property aspect of it, <clears throat> which is what most people can relate to but don't realize it, 
is that for for those of us if you have a home or you or you own a home or you rent an apartment or whatever that's your property that's that is a that, that is a physical space that is defined by 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 certain parameters. So I own this lot and it is defined by these meets and bounds. I rent this room and it is 850 square feet, whatever. This is my property and I can keep people out from it. I can exclude anybody I want from it. I have certain rights. So that's the property part of intellectual property. So these ideas that come from your intellect, these create this 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 these know-how discoveries, creations, inventions, discoveries, whatever however you want to call them, authorships, writings, anything that comes from your intellect, you have the right to um, to protect it as if it was your own property and exclude others. So that means you know you 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 should you should take pride in ownership in 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 the things you create, and that includes stopping others from copying it or excluding others from making it or importing it or exporting it, and, and that's really where it lies. It's that power of exclusion. So. I tell anyone, whatever you're going to create, you know, if if it's if it's a song or if if it's uh, if it's your company name or if it's just something you want to keep secret, you should know that um, because it came from your head that um, you deserve to protect it and uh, keep people from it and, and 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 control its entire destiny so that's why you need an intellectual property lawyer well i think that really kind of sums it up so so you said there were three things there was a, a copyright a trademark and a patent right those are the yes. three okay yes. um a patent would be a protection on your invention right correct okay a trademark is a, a protection on your logo yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's 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 the rights you get in a distinctive sign or symbol that's used in commerce, right? Okay. That's used in in commerce to identify a product or a service. So that's 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 the long way of saying my 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 company name, my brand name, my logo, my design, something that represents my goods and services. My and then, brand. what would be the copyright? <clears throat> the copyright is the exclusive rights that you have that uh, protects you from anybody copying, distributing, adapting, or performing your expressive work. So what does that mean? So if you have a work, and let's call it, we'll, we'll, we'll take the idea of you have lyrics in your head. So in of, in of by themselves, the ideas of lyrics in your head, those are not protectable. But if you were going to physically embody them in, and, and fix them in a tangible medium, something that you can touch, i.e. paper, you put the lyrics down on paper, then that paper can be sent into the copyright office and you now have a copyright over that paper, over the lyrics that are embodied on on that on that paper. Gotcha. And take it a step further, and if you were then going to record those lyrics on a song, and you were going to capture those sounds on a CD, you would send in the CD, and you would have a copyright over the song recording as well, the sound recording as well, and that would that would that would protect you for anyone from copying that song or distributing that song without your permission or maybe using a lyric from your song that they that they didn't they, they didn't ask your permission so that's copyright the idea that um, that, that that your ideas are fixed in a tangible medium something you can touch and all 
So there's three. There's three. These three are very th- distinctive. Yes. Um, pieces all under the titleship of intellectual property, and all of which so an attorney like you can help people like me and other capitalizers um, get taken care of. Yes, okay. I do want to say I want to make one little distinction, which is for and 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 maybe you already know this. So with patents, there's that scientific element, right? There's there's some that's the that's the type of intellectual property that you get for pharmaceuticals. It has some scientific applications, or maybe it has some software applications or computer applications. So for that, only a certain type of intellectual property attorney can do that and that's a patent attorney so that's 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 different than a trademark and copyright attorney which just has to be um, licensed by the specific state they're practicing law in for a patent attorney that specialized knowledge requires you to have a specialized patent bar an additional bar in addition to your state bar I happen to be a patent attorney and so most not all patent attorneys also do trademark and copyright I tend to do all three and probably for the reasons of how we met that that I, I want to be an all-around intellectual property attorney for you know startups and entrepreneurs and you know I I, 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 I realize and my firm realizes that sometimes you know when you're first starting out and you don't have a lot of money you know you 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 can you can likely only deal with one attorney let alone two different attorneys so if I have to hire a patent attorney and a trademark attorney that's already getting out of hand so I, 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 I try to be everything to, 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 to my clients, but a trademark attorney who doesn't have that specialized knowledge wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. So there is a slight distinction. Okay. So you're the jack of all lawyers. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. That should be your new title. <laughs> I know. Attorney at law, scratch Great. it out, jack of, all, jack of all lawyers. I'm trying, Justin. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to talk a little bit today about patents, really, because um, the majority of the people who do capitalize on their idea, patents would be the biggest component for them um obviously some some people out there would be doing copyright because appetizing on your idea doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be a physical product if someone wants to go out there and become a songwriter you know what more power to them i can't sing a a lick according to my wife so good luck i won't i won't infringe on your stuff but in terms of patents that's that's really what i want to talk about today so um you know you read the book a lot of people realize that appleizing we use apps as a platform and, and software in general is a tricky beast when it comes to patents. And, and I asked you this the other, the last time I had seen you, um, which is that how can software be patented if according to the patent rules, mathematical equations can't be patented, right? So two plus two equals four is something that cannot be patented because it's falls under some kind of public knowledge guys or something like that. So if math can't be patented in as, as few words as possible, how can you patent a piece of software? <clears throat> so it all starts with the concept. We're going to be this is pre-software now that business methods. The fact that you are that you and 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 we'll get to math in a second that the fact that that there is this concept out there that if I have a method, if if I've created a method of doing business, and maybe it does include a two plus two mathematical function in it, that that traditionally for many years was not patentable. Up and then all of a sudden we have software. Software comes out, and <clears throat> excuse me, the Supreme Court 
who uh, who reviews patent decisions that come from the patent office if they're taken to federal court. They ruled over the last few years that any business method that is tied to some type of software, so this is the marriage of software and business methods, so we saw that 2 plus 2 equation, but we're now doing 2 plus 2 on a computer, is patentable by virtue of the fact that it now has computers and, and machines and processors and CPUs and RAM and all this kind of fancy stuff um, that we know of as computers. And they now have said that business methods are, if it's tied to some type of software or machine or computer, are patentable. But the exception they've carved out now goes back to your original example, is that if your business method, i.e. in your example, mathematical equation 2 plus 2, is something that a person can do in their head, right? I mean, which is what we can really do, right? Mm -hmm. Then that may not. Be eligible that may not be patentable subject matter so they I've now started to categorize uh, we understand you have a business method we understand you may have a mathematical equation but it, it has to be some type of uh, some, something that the human brain can physically do in their own head and this this is there's a there's a popular case called CLS Bank versus Alice that has that is that is in front of the Supreme Court as we speak now that is really trying to work out this issue what does that mean that if you have if you have a computer implemented uh, if you have a computer computer implemented program or service that facilitates a, 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 a particular financial transaction, i.e. 2 plus 2 equals 4, how, how could that be not eligible for patent protection? So right now it comes down to the fact that you can do these mathematical equations in your head, so you need an extra step. You need to be a little bit more, little bit more abstract than that. And um, so that's kind of where we're at. So it's not... It, 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 it's hard to say it in a few words because there is a long history here, and I think it goes to that. I, th I think I think there is there are some mis there are there is some miscommunication out there. So the answer is software is patentable, but the the business methods that it's that it's that it's encompassing do have to uh, have this additional. Um, um, I, I don't. I, maybe the best way to say it, it has to be a little bit more difficult for the human mind to do. Well, I was going to bring that up. Would you say that the the so then it's it's beyond the human mind because like they're like I'm thinking of you. You keep saying the things that in the human mind can't do, and I'm thinking about my app where you sign a document. Clearly, in my head, I can like draw my own signature or whatever it is. So how could that be patentable? But then I take it to the next level and I look at something like I don't know Adobe Photoshop, for example. Right. right. Photoshop, which until just recently was a $650 program, completely patented, or at least that's what their, their splash screen says. And there's nothing in that program that doesn't come from my head, right? Because that's a right. creative program. So the question is, how did, like, this is where I think a lot of people get confused. I agree. Uh, so how do we unconfuse them? Yeah, it, it's it's a hard. It, I, unfortunately, it's it's one of these like case by case basis. It's hard to do. It's hard to it, the the these 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 large and sweeping decisions by the Supreme Court that software is not patentable, that business methods is not patentable, abstract mind, do it in the human brain. Those are just for one case, and then the case after that. So. It, it becomes a case by it, it. It should become a case by case basis, but everyone wants to know the most general answer. Right. So when it and 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 it's it's hard to, 
it's hard because whenever there's a Supreme Court decision that changes the landscape of software, i.e., software and business method patents, it doesn't change what happened up until that point. So maybe Adobe and that Photoshop uh, program, maybe that was decided before this abstract, I think it was actually, before this abstract idea that you can do something, in, if you can physically, if you can mentally do something in your, in, the, in your head and you can add two numbers together, then they, that's the standard now. That may not have been the standard when the Adobe patent came up for 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 its examination right, so wait, wait hold on so let me just let me and this you might take this as kind of a joke is this the reason why we need these so many lawyers to do this stuff because <laughs> because you guys you someone says something and then someone else says okay we're changing it now and then and then only really like is this like an internal law thing? Like, did you like someone like from your firm sends a memo to the Supreme Court, being like, "Okay, we need to change it for this guy," and then we're gonna change it again in six months? And it's just some Excellent sort of like question. it's some sort of like giant Ponzi scheme. No, <laughs> no, there there is no corruption, but uh, uh, you know, uh, um, I would bet that there are plenty of small companies out there, plenty of small app companies out there that probably think it's some sort of a scheme, but it's really not. I mean, this is this is our this is our legal system at work. This is the Supreme Court reviewing a lower court's decision, and the lower court got their decision from the Patent Office decision, and if the Patent Office said something, that's what th th that's that's kind of what we're trying to interpret you know I, 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 I but but I but on that same note I want to tell you that so 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 CLS Bank versus Alice which happens to be the the case that's now in front of the Supreme Court they're small companies large companies not so much law firms but you know companies like Microsoft companies like Apple as well as small little app developer companies everybody is looking to try to weigh in on this and how do you do that you file an amicus brief that's what that you 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 tell the Supreme Court well, I'm a small company. You can't tell me that software and business methods are not patentable. That's my entire business. So they get to weigh in on that. The court does get to 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 listen. It's almost like a public commentary period where they get to listen to you. Are, can they be? Can the court be affected by it? Yes. But on the other side of that, they have big business. You know, there's the other side of that. They have the small guy trying to get their their hand in it, and they have the big guy trying to get their hand in it as well. So everybody's trying to weigh in on this. It's it it it. it I, I understand that it may come off like a scheme, but it's just the interpretation of words. Right. I mean, we've been. I mean, we we have our constitution. Our constitution was written. In the 1700s, until this day, we fight over what some of those terminologies, what some of the terms in the Constitution means, and that's exactly what's happening here. I don't think anybody wants to see software patents and software technology unprotected, but we just got to make sure that it's not overly broad or too narrow. Right. All right. So then, let me take this to the next level. Uh, since I run an app company, is it even worth trying to patent? Uh, not obviously um, bigger software excluded, like the Apples and the Googles yeah, and the Adobe's yeah. excluded, but it's smaller people who make apps for, let's say, the iPad. Yeah. Is it even worth patenting? Because the the iPad, at least in my opinion, and this is my opinion only, that the iPad <laughs> in its current version of how it works will not be what it is in, let's say, five years. And a patent is, what, 20 years? So, like, is it even worth going down this and trying to fight, especially with so many apps out there? 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? You you hit you hit the nail on the head right there. Because if 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 you weren't going to say what you just said, I, that would have been my answer. When a client comes into me and they tell me that they want, and I, we have plenty of clients that come in and say we have we have the next best big app, right? You know, we have something that we think can help people, or we have something that could help the medical community, or what? These are the types of questions I tell them. I I, I, I these are the types of questions that I ask them. I say. Do you think your app will sustain your business for many years? If you if 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 you can't answer that question in the affirmative, then likely patent protection is not for you because you're right. It by the time you get your patent, it may the the, the technology you're using or basing it on may be totally uh, what's the word? It, it, Outdated, exactly. But but if you but if you tell me your app is just a component of your business structure, that maybe you actually have a website where you're offering services, and the app is just the is just the interface between you and the public, then yeah, of course you you should do that, and you should you should you should tr- you should try to you should you should definitely try to see if your if your apps apps technology is patentable, and i.e. that nobody else is already doing it or out there already. And if it's not, then yes, you should file an application. And yes, it will take three years, but hopefully in three years, you would have updated your app and you would then file a continuation and, and try to extend your protection just like any large company would do. So, right. yeah, no, I, I think I, I think to, to, to all the app people out there, if you can get app, if you can if you can get protection and it happens to be patent. I, I, I say go for it, but you must answer that. That fundamental question is, is this a flash in the pan app or is this, or, or is, is, is this a fad app or, you know, is this, or, or is this like candy crush and it's going to be around for a while or is it, you know, um, run P, you know, that I, which I love. It's that app that tells you, you know, um, you know, the best times to go to the bathroom when you're watching a movie. Oh, doing a movie. Yeah, I've heard of yeah. that one. <laughs> it's a great app, but I don't yeah. know if it's going to sustain, I don't know if it's going to be around for the next four or five years, right. let alone the fact that it may not even be patentable or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, you, you have to right. answer those fundamental questions. Okay, yeah. so let's take it outside of software for a second. Anyone who's appleizing an idea and has a physical product. Yes. Definitely patent? Totally, totally. Let me, let me see if I can give you an example. So, um... Recently had 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 a situation where longstanding company, um, international company, doing great things. Um, I, I, I won't say exactly what industry, but definitely no not in the app industry. And they've come to us and asked us, you know, hey, we want to, we 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 want to kind of change with the times. You know, we want to develop an app that are we can offer to our customers that would complement all the other services that we're offering to them. Perfect example of yeah, we should we should definitely see if what you're trying to do um, is patentable because that's the first thing. Or is this an app that's just made up of open source stuff, you know? And and then and then maybe you don't have anything. So um, I think it, it. I think to to answer your question, you should you should always immediately default to I should try to get this protected and then work your way backwards from there. Okay. So okay. So moving on, um, I see a lot of the time because. Everyone knows in my day job, I'm an Apple consultant. And I yes. see a lot of the time during on my like Apple websites, Apple patents yet another thing. And like <laughs> they seem to have they seem to have like a patent a dude who just makes stuff for to be patented like constantly. 
Is it yeah. is it because they are Apple that they can like patent? Like I think they patented like the glass stairs at the Fifth Avenue store or something like yeah. that. Like ridiculous. Like, is it because they're Apple or is it like that they're really or they just have enough money to pay for like what I would assume is fifty lawyers in a room with a pile of bananas <laughs> like just hashing the stuff out. I think it's both. I do. Okay. I, I, I do think it's both. And, and I want to tell you one of my favorite blogs, and I, 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 I don't mean to plug, but IP Watchdog has has somebody who every week, I can't remember his name, I think he's a law student or something, every week he picks one company, and maybe GE, sometimes it's Apple, and he tells you what what this week, just this one week, did they get patents on? And like something like GE, which we know is light bulbs, and maybe the owner of NBC and washing machines, they are in technology that you would never imagine <laughs> GE would be in. And I love to read this this blog because it's fascinating to see w- how innovative they're trying to be. Is it for world domination? Possibly, right? <laughs> is it because they have the money? Possibly. I think it's all of those things. But it's it. it, it it's great. I mean, it's 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 really an inventor's dream. I mean, for I meet I meet so many inventors, including yourself. And if you if you could if you could maybe be employed by a company that is on the cutting edge of all types of technology, wow, that must be something really cool to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like I see it, and then I I think the other day I read one. They were like, okay, Apple patented. Something involving the glass and how it how it's gonna read the size of your head, and then it's gonna like send this signal back. And I was like, "What are they even?" And of course, that like you know, the the, the rumor speculation. Oh, the new it's gonna be for the watch. It's gonna be this and that and the other thing. And I just you know, I was just like, I don't understand how they like. I can't even get my app patented when I tried, and I you know not that I have anywhere near the war chest that Apple has, but like I feel like they're just someone goes here's an idea and then the next day it's just patented and like everyone else is kind of just at the end of the, at the end of the deli line waiting uh, I know. to get their you, stuff done I, 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 I feel you there is the definitely a dichotomy in our world between big business and small inventor I mean right I mean I think you know there are so many inventors that just maybe have one two three patents that they just can't seem to monetize right but then you see apple with you know filing you know 15 20 applications a week you know getting 15 20 patents a month you know granted and you know may- maybe they are monetizing them maybe they aren't but you know i think that's that that's just that's just capitalism at its best but on the flip side of that you know Talking now, talking now as if I was a a a a a solo inventor. It's disheartening. It, it's tough. It, yeah. It's a tough thing to watch. It's a tough thing to watch that that to know that my my big break is just you know a few feet away in the form of maybe Apple taking notice of my application and my patent, but even but even but but two two steps to the side is the possibility the realer possibility that apple will force me out of business because they're doing something similar than me and because they have the resources they can put me out of business that's a that, more- uh, that's how i felt okay so this is completely off topic but when we we released sign my pad for the ipad and then the next version of the operating system that came up for the computer you can now uh sign your signature and hold it up to the camera and it will take a picture yep. of your signature and use it. And I, as soon as I saw that, 
I went on Twitter and I was like, they stole my idea. Meanwhile, I was like the second app out there and there's been like 15 yeah. since. And like everyone kind of got a little mad, but there's really nothing we can do about it. Well, actually, there may there may be something you can do about it, and and I, I it's, it's probably not as off topic as you think. And can I can I flip the switch? Can can I flip the script and 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 ask you a question? Sure, is that okay? Yeah, of course. So what what I wanted to know is so in your in your in your patent application, where you thought that maybe Apple that they, that you were the first to um, maybe mention or refer, and that's what I'm trying to get at about taking a picture of your signature did you have was that disclosed in your application or was that in your mind something that you were getting to you know what no, I mean? no 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 so we didn't we okay so getting the our thing we don't take a picture of your signature you actually draw your signature with Got your it. finger on the pad the, their thing our, our thing was that they're placing signatures on pdfs ah, more than just taking it. the picture Got it. Got it. So slightly different. I mean, right. now, now 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 we're getting into claim terminology, right? Right. I mean, if if, if 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 you know, every patent has to have description, abstract claims. Claims are the meat of the application, and we're talking we're down to semantics and words, right? I mean, so if if, if your claim talked about capturing a signature. Uh, on a document, and maybe their claim talks about catching a cigarette on a document via PDF, and I'm just talking generally here. That's that's different, you right. know. And 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 yeah. So then another reason why you need an intellectual property attorney, i.e., patent attorney. So it really you, comes down to. It, I mean, what you said. It really comes down to terms. Yeah. And it really comes down to finding an IP uh, intellectual property attorney who has uh, a, a who's well versed in the dictionary. Yeah. And would. And has the foresight to not only protect you, but figure out whatever that terminology that would be that other people might use so that way you're protected before they have a chance to apply for a patent. Yes. I mean, I could not have said it better myself. I'm going to try a little bit. <laughs> when I, when, 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 when the first thing I do with a client that, that, that wants to work with me is when, when we're ready for drafting, we have an all out brainstorming session, right? We are talking about, you came to me and you said that you wanted your product to work like this. I'm I'm proposing let's 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 maybe put in some support for your product working like this or like that or maybe like this in five years or maybe you know you'll you'll have an app version you'll have a website version so you cover all your bases right and you 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 really you really be the 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 definition of being an inventor and you think of all the different ways and it's a hard thing for someone who is so focused on one thing that this is my invention and that's it and i can't imagine it in five years I, I, i'm proposing yes you imagine it in five years and then we'll take care of actually claiming what that is or what that might be in five years you may not have built it yet you may not have manufactured it yet you may not have distributed it yet you you may not ever build it you may not ever manufacture it but at least it will be supported and that so when you see a potentially infringing product that came after you you have you can have peace of mind like Oh yeah, I have that in my application, you know. So, so yeah. the, the big question, which is what everyone hates when they go for a job interview, is where do you see yourself in five years? Yes. <laughs> this is essentially that question, but for your product. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. And but, you know, it's it's not such an abstract thing when you think about it. I mean, you know, everybody um, talking to the talking to the to the to the small company or 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 the entrepreneur, you have to have a five year plan, right? You have to have a 10 year plan. You have to have a business plan. You have to know potentially where your product might be in five years. You have to probably know what country is going to producing it. I mean, so these are questions that these these are real life business business questions questions that you have to know that you have to answer for investors or for banks who you, if you, if you want to get a loan, but you also have to know when it comes to intellectual property. If you know, for instance, if you know your product is going, if you, you're, you're a U.S., uh, you're, you, you live in the United States and you're, you're going to have your product in the United States, but you have to say to yourself, is there any remote possibility that my, 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 my product will need a piece from China and I'll have to build it in China. If, if, you're, if the answer to that question is yes, then you might have to start thinking about having protection in China. So I think you, know, the, you, you, you really have to prepare for, for all these scenarios, not just in an intellectual property sense, but in a practical and business sense as well. Right. And that's just the, being a smart entrepreneur. That's just being a smart business that's person. That's a whole you know? other episode yeah, in and I agree. of itself. Yeah. Um, all right, so I want to I want to come back and we're gonna we'll nearing the end, but I want to talk real quick about um, trademarks. Yes. Um, is there a minimum requirement for something to be trademarked? Yes, <clears throat> minimum requirement. A few, a few. One, in in order to secure a trademark registration, you have to be using your trademark, right? So if you're not using your brand in the stream of commerce, and it is n- not and you cannot have a trademark that identifies a good or a service and you're not selling that good or a service then you're not going to sustain the trademark registration okay. so that's first and foremost and i say that because a lot of people are like oh i have a logo yeah great are did you did you put the logo on a shirt label did you slap it on a website no i haven't even built my website yet well then how are you how are you proposing to sell a product then you need to start monetizing it the trademark office is going to want to know that you're using it in commerce so that's first and that's first and foremost then there are the legal requirements which are it must be distinct what does that mean it must not be, you you must have a trademark that will that will withstand somebody else's trade. Well, that's that came out totally wrong. You <laughs> must have a trademark that is not the same or similar to another brand name or trademark that's already out there. It must be distinct. It cannot. You cannot. Uh, a person cannot look at your trademark and another trademark, and there can't be a likelihood of confusion. I can say, oh my God, I'm looking at both of them. I think I think that trademark is the same, you know, company as that trademark. And even though they sell, even though they sell different goods and they offer different services, they look so much alike. And so that if you if you you make those connections, that's a bad thing. So you You're, can't you can't trademark Google with three O's. Yes, right, or okay. Fugle, right? You, or Fugle. And 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 so this is why it's so important that your your trademark is distinct and does not contain. Um, you know, everyday generic words, because how how are you going to get protection on something like that? Google is a made-up word. Nike, made-up word. Kodak, made-up word. And these are words that now are synonymous with their products, and that's the that's the sign of a good trademark, you know? Yeah, people forget that, that Google was made up, and now it's such part of the normal vernacular. Like, hey, did you Google that? The same way we used to say, you know, 
can you make me a Xerox or can you hand me a Kleenex yes. when really you mean tissue or a copy of something or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. And, and, and that, that, so, so that, that's the, that's, that's the best type of trademark, what we call fanciful. The next type of one is called arbitrary, which is like Apple, Apple, Apple and, and, and I, I Apple and a, and a mobile communication device the, how did that happen you know and right. so if you if you can come up with if you can if you can if if if, if you can have a word that has no connection if, if you have a word that its meaning has no connection to the goods and services you related to that's what that, that that's considered an arbitrary mark and and that's also one of the good ones so what if it was well I guess Google's already taken but like you wouldn't be if I made uh, I don't know a, a part for a pickup truck and I called it the Googler. Yeah, something up. that wouldn't work because it's too close. But is it not technically arbitration? The arbitration. No, right? I think I think you're right. I, th- I think I think you would definitely satisfy arbitrary Googler for for pickup parts. But then you have that other problem, which is there's still that likelihood of confusion. Yeah, there's an extra R there. But, you know, Google may, you know, kind of beat their chest and be like, oh, no, that looks too much like ours. And, and we, we think we, we should, you know, put them out of business, that type of thing. Right. So you always have to be prepared for the company that has the strong trademark to to have, you know, such pride in their trademark that they believe there's a likelihood of confusion anywhere and everywhere. So so what it really comes down to is hire a lawyer. Hire a lawyer. But more importantly, also, if you, you know, a lot of a, a lot of people um, and and I, I know I realize some people may not have may not have money to do this, but some people hire marketing firms, right, to come up with like the most unique product, the most unique name or the most made up name, and they spend a lot of money on doing that. What I what 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 I tell people to do who don't have money is think of think of your think of your product, think of your service, and you know sit down with a couple of friends and think about what are some of the characteristics or adjectives that you can possibly think of that associate with your brand or company or name. What do you what do you want to get across? Take those take those results, whatever they might be. Play with those words, and then you might just have something, you know. Right. So, um, so to give an example, like um, if you're talking about, um, let's say we're talking about sneakers, right? Um, and this is just just totally generally speaking, talking about sneakers, and I'm, I want to sell sneakers, and I want to make somebody fast or quick. You know, I want to I, I want to get someplace. I, I want I want somebody to go someplace. I want them to be as fast as lightning. Maybe you call it like lightning or something, you know, something like that. Lightning. Right, right, right. Don't you don't think of sneakers when you say lightning. Right. So, um, you know, so you you want you want I think, uh, you know, uh, thinking of adjectives uh, and, and kind of representations of your brand and your product and what you're trying to get across to your customer is a great place to start. That's great. That's great advice. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I, I, we're a little out of time, but I, yeah. I definitely want to have you back because um, we still need to talk about uh, copyright. And yes. there's so much more we can talk about patents. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, when we last talked about it, it was like a three-hour conversation. And yeah. I, <laughs> um, l- one last question. Let me ask this one last question. Sure, sure. If someone's looking for a patent lawyer or an yeah. IP uh, lawyer or law firm, and I'm going to be as generic as possible. I've seen prices of people $2,000 to do a patent application. I've yeah. seen lawyers $17,000 to do a patent uh, application. Yeah. How, you know, where where's the middle ground? What, what should people look for when they're trying to pick a law firm? 
I'm 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 really glad you brought this up. Uh, the 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 world is changing, right? That the world has changed, and you know now inventors can have micro entity statuses where the filing fee is very little. And you know I think there are a lot of there 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 are a few law firms that have really met this challenge head on, who have realized that. There are small businesses out there and solo inventors that now more than ever, with the fact that our patent law is now first first inventor to file, that they need the services of good quality firms, but they can't be cost prohibitive. And so with whatever you're going to do, you, you need to shop around. I mean, that's first and foremost. I mean, you, 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 need to have, you need to know your lay of the land. You need to know the choices. You need to know the high. You need to know the low. But know that there are choices out there where there are firms that do flat fees, fixed fees, alternative fees, firms that work with incubators, firms that work with accelerators, firms that work with small businesses, firms that really understand the new kind of... Um, um, business uh, um, models that are out there, and 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 the days of the seventeen thousand dollar patent, I think, are decreasing, and and you're finding more affordable rates, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, and I end up telling people now a few things. I say to them <clears throat> two things: if you're going to hire a patent attorney, you're going to hire a patent law firm. I almost think you should not think about the money. Definitely money is a consideration, but it's about relationships, right? It's about does this person believe in me or does this person just want me as a client and then take my money and go? There needs to be that connection with somebody. You need This is a long process, right? This is, this is hopefully somebody that you're going to have on your side, on your team for a long time to come, not just for the filing of the application, for the examination of the application, for the patent, maybe for the monetization. That's a long that could be long. Maybe you want to have them over for dinner in 10 years when you do well. So there should be someone that you know, trust, and get along with. Second, you need to you need to know that intellectual property is probably in in relation to everything else you have to do as a new business, probably the least amount of money you're going to spend. And I really, really mean that. You know, uh, tooling, um, production, design, manufacturing, that can be very expensive. And right. so you need to be aware of all of that too. So, you know, yes, you may find a firm that's four or $5,000 and they're in, and, and great. The person's not $17,000 anymore, but be prepared for the additional costs that are not related with the law firm that have to do with having a business, you know, get, get you know, getting the word out and marketing and, you know, so that all that could be expensive. But I think, I mean, happily I can say, Myself, Dave Pitney, Soren Rand, a lot of other firms have really, you know, kind of met this entrepreneur, small inventor challenge on, have created amazing programs, come in at great prices, reasonable prices, flat fee prices, do alternative things. And, and it's, uh, it's definitely a new world that we want to be a part of. But, um, yeah, sometimes you have to go looking for that a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks so much for for answering those questions. Are you are you online anywhere? How can people get in touch with you if they yes. have any questions? Thank you. I am. Um, I, I use my name everywhere, so it's David Postalski. So I think my my, my, my LinkedIn is David Postalski. At the firm, it's David Postalski. On um, uh, on on Twitter, it's David Postalski. I mean, it's it's really the easiest thing, right? It's yeah, just and I'll and I'll put you. I'll have the show notes. I'll have your LinkedIn and your Twitter, and I'll I'll point to your. Um, firm also on there cool thanks 
Well, David, thanks so much for being here. Uh, please, uh, we're gonna have to have you on again. I, I would. It would be. It would be amazing too. This has been a lot of fun, and um, just to just to just to just, just to let you know, I, I the, the your 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 book. I, I think has really. I, I actually read it, and 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 you say great things, and and you have great quotes and great advice, and it it, it made me feel good to 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 kind of be a part of that, and um, I, I've actually sent it on to a couple people, so I'm excited that that, awesome. that that you're that you're doing this for people. So bravo to you. Thank you so much. I hope you I hope you didn't take too much offense to our, our joke about the lawyers in the Senate. I didn't. I had one better for you actually. Can I tell you one better? Uh, sure, go for it. Go for it. So, uh, well, what do you? It's kind of, kind of a little bit like what you were. Saying what? What do you wait? What, what, what was your same? Say Mine is uh, what do you call? What do you call ten lawyers with their heads up to? Or their their uh, up to filled up to their neck with sand? Not yeah. enough sand. Yeah, right. And so, so my mine is what, 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 what do you call two lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? What a good start. There you go. There you go, <laughs> David. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Uh, so first, I just want to thank David for being on the show today. Uh, really helpful and i think i think the information he has for everyone is really powerful stuff like uh you need to make sure that you're protected you want to make sure that you know no one else can steal your idea you that's how you make money in this in this industry becoming an inventor becoming an entrepreneur is by protecting your your stuff the you know our phone our interview was only 45 minutes long but david and i stayed on for another 45 minutes talking about my stuff personally and just like i was learning so much just from him during the interview and post interview, like that I need to protect certain things. And we're going to revisit some things that, uh, you know, another lawyer that I had working on things didn't work out. Um, but there's a lot of things you really need to think about. One of the things he, he had said to me after the interview and I had stopped recording at this point was we were talking about sign my pad. And I always said, is it really worth, you know, uh, patenting an app on an iPad. And like he said during the interview, you know, you have to think about the future for sign my pad. He's like, you know, for sign my pad pro, what's, what's the future of signing and geotag, you know, how will that work in the future beyond the iPad? Is there something there? You know, that's what you're going to be looking to patent those ideas, those things that will last you those, you know, five, 10, 20 years that the patent's worth to protect yourself and to, to make money on that kind of stuff. Patents are also great if you want to do licensing and, and, and you know, if you want to get your ideas out there, kind of like what we talked about with Chris Hawker the other week. So great stuff from David. I'll, I'll have all of his links in the show note. I'm going to definitely have him on again because I think there's just so much more we can cover, especially with copyrights and trademarks and even touch on patents again. So it's really, really um, powerful stuff. And, and I just want to thank him so much for being here. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, as always, Appleize on, Appleize on Your Idea, the podcast is sponsored by Watchman Monitoring. Know before it's too late with Watchman Monitoring. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at www.watchmanmonitoring.com slash Appleize. And guys, get out there, start Appleizing, bring your ideas to fruition. If you don't have an idea, write it down. Write down stuff, write down ideas, write down anything that comes to your mind and get it out there. If you need help, contact me. I'm on Twitter at Justin Escar. Email me, Justin at JustinEscar.com. I'm here for you. If you have any questions, please contact me. And thanks so much for the reviews and the and the comments that I've been getting about the episodes and the book. I really do appreciate it. So I hope everybody has a great week coming up with some new ideas, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.